everyone, Sarah Brown Wessling here from the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. And I am so excited to announce the third season of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. CCSSO's National Teacher of the Year program provides a platform for exceptional educators to elevate issues that affect teachers and their students, to expand their leadership roles, and to inform policy and practice. In this season of the podcast, 2022 State Teachers of the Year will teach us about the lessons their students keep talking about. Maybe it's the one that they come back to years later and tell the teachers about, or maybe it's the one their most recent students have asked for over and over again. This season, we are honored to have two past State Teachers of the Year conducting the interviews themselves. You'll hear Stacy McAdoo, 2019 Arkansas State Teacher of the Year, John Arthur, 2021 State Teacher of the Year, and me in conversation with our teachers throughout this season. I invite you to listen to these incredible stories. Welcome, everyone. This is Sarah Brown Wessling, and I am honored to be here with Rachel Guilfoyle, the 2022 Dodia Teacher of the Year. Welcome, Rachel. It's so great to have you here. Thank you, Sarah. It's nice to be here. Um, will you go ahead and kind of share with everyone where you're teaching, what you teach, um, maybe a little bit about the Department of Defense education activities. Yes, I'll be happy to do that. So um, I am Rachel Guilfoyle, as Sarah so wonderfully introduced me as, and I am a fifth grade teacher here stationed in Daegu, South Korea. Uh, the Army installation, the Army base is Camp Walker. It's in the southern part of South Korea. And uh, DODIA is the Department of Defense Education Activity, which was founded just after World War II. So I believe 1946 or 1947. And it was in response to providing education for the students of uh, service members, and of course, now that's expanded to service members, DOD civilians, contractors, etc. And we have schools all around the world, um, and in the United States, actually. And so I am in the Pacific West District, which includes South Korea and Guam, and we have other districts in Japan and Europe, and the Middle East, and Cuba, Guantanamo Bay. So we have the about 70,000 students worldwide. Wow. So we are, yeah, we are a large school system. Sometimes people don't realize we exist, but we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so um, how did you, how did you get into the system? So I was a military background. Yes. So I was actually a DIA student myself. Uh, both my parents, both mother and father served 30 years each. Wow. United States wow. Air Force. Yes. So we traveled uh, throughout the United States and overseas. And I actually spent uh, my formative years from about fourth grade all the way up to I was a junior in high school in Okinawa, Japan. So I, I, I experienced the system from the inside as a student. And mm -hmm. so I had an understanding that, of course, we had schools overseas and and I understood what it meant to be a military kid, um, so to speak. And so when I you know, became a teacher, naturally, I was like, oh, well, this is what I know. So, right. Right. Yeah, so this is the direction that I went in. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I think it's it's got to give you some really incredible insight into the unique experience that your students are having. I mean, and this happens all over, right? Um, especially when teachers are teaching in their communities, what, yes. like however they identify that community. I think that there's a just like that special empathy or understanding about whatever makes that experience unique. And it really helps them connect. Yeah. So in the case of our military connected students, as you said, the I mean, community can be defined in different ways, right? Sure. So um, the connection that military students often have, the commonality is moving. Um, yeah. So I've had students that I, um, you know, that I have in the fifth grade class where this is their third or fourth move and they're only in the fifth grade. Sure. Um, so that, that can be yeah. quite difficult um, but at the same time it's also part of what they know it's their lifestyle and so I think for me having been in their shoes at one point now as a child myself I definitely understand what it means to always be the new kid you know moving to new places and adjusting but at the same time at the same time what I've discovered is that these military connected students are so resilient so resourceful. I have a student now who has been here in South Korea for four days oh my from goodness. the United States, and she already has best friends in class, and we've been at school for four days, five days. Oh, my goodness. So I think that resiliency of learning how to adapt and learning how to speak with people and learning how to find commonalities with people so that you can make connections. Mm-hmm. I, I see that as a strength. And I also as a teacher, because I understand that that's something that I make sure that I focus on in my classroom. Right. So I make it really warm and inviting. And I tell them, you know, I was a Dodia kid too. And we yeah. have these conversations and I always put yeah. them at ease. And, and I always say, you know, if you don't have a friend yet, I'm your first friend. <laughs> oh, that's like that's a great thing to say. That's a that's a great thing for any teacher to say. <laughs> yes, yeah. So you know, we have these back to school, get to know your icebreaker things that we do with school, and yeah. and I, yeah. to the new 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 students, I say, you know what, you can put me down as your first friend in South Korea. Yeah. So I think that really helps, and it it makes them feel welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can't wait to learn more about your class and what it's like to be in your class. So can we just go ahead and jump into talking about a lesson that um, your students keep talking about, something that you always teach that they just really seem to love? Okay, yes. So I'm thinking about um, a fifth grade social studies lesson. History is my favorite subject. And so I'm thinking about there's a lesson that we have about the Silk Road. So the standards call for the students to understand the social and cultural connections between East and West. Uh And we live in the East, right? We live in Asia. So I, I think that that is perfect. I think that it's poignant. And so what I did was, or I have done and do, is I created these Silk Road stations around the classroom. So each station was like a country or a stop on the Silk Road, and they had different tasks that they have to do. And each student was given a paper so that when they get to that station or task, they have to complete the task. So it could be learning about learning about 
that particular type of camel that transported the goods? Or how would you negotiate with the emperor or the Chinese court to get silkworm eggs out of China so they can take it to Europe? And so, of course, you know, we talk about the explorers, we talk about Marco Polo, we talk about the emperors of China, and, and we talk about the routes through Africa and the salt trade. We talk about all those interesting things along the route. So, in essence, this lesson and having the stations around the room, I think it mimics um, the ancient explorers and the ancient merchants and the people of the, the ancient world, the medieval world, I guess, um, moving around. And so to have them have that same feeling of getting up and moving around the classroom to sort of get that that sense of movement, I, I think that was very important having them do that. And I think that... Um, they understood that, yes, even though the distances in the classroom were small, right? right? Mm-hmm. Not like going from like China to India or Italy or something, but that, that fact that you have to, if you have an idea, you have goods or you're a merchant, you have to get up and you have to go out there and you have yeah. to meet, interact and exchange ideas and thoughts with other people to get this task done yes. in the real world. And of course, our classroom task, I'm um, traveling along the Silk Road. So yeah. I love that. I love, I bet they just love it because it's, it's kind of like a simulation. Yes. And when they go to kind of each of these points on the Silk Road, it's kind of like they have this thing to discover or a challenge. And yeah, I I can just see them. I can just see them totally getting into it. And yes, just yes. It. Yeah, it was fabulous. Yeah. And, um, you know, I even had a student say to me, oh, OK, so there's noodles in China and there's uh-huh. noodles in Italy. What? <laughs> <laughs> So, so having those kind of like those moments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they were like, so what is that, Ms. Gopal? I say, you tell me. You're on the Silk Road. You tell me. Is there yeah. a connection? I mean, let's talk about it. Let's think about it. Uh-huh. Travel some more. Go around the route some more. See if you can discover some other people that maybe yeah. have other experiences and see what you come up with. So yeah. it was, um, I just remember that. It was like this like look of what? <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's kind of but that's the beauty of it right yes. when they make the connections when they ask the questions and it's it's about them coming to that understanding not you like putting it all in their brains you know yes absolutely absolutely and i remember i had another student because this took a few days right we, we didn't uh-huh. one day. it took a few days and another student we we're talking about the salt trade and the importance of salt and a student said wait a minute wait 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 when you get paid that's called a salary oh. said, yes. yes so we had a discussion about the word salary meaning you're getting paid yeah salt. As we made this whole connection and they were just like, what? So it was it was really interesting how I explained to them like how these things are connected yeah. and something you don't even think about. Exactly. Think about it, right? So yeah. those are always fabulous as, as a teacher, of course, to yeah. to experience those moments. And of yeah. course, you know, that's where true learning takes place for the right. students. I'm sure they'll remember that forever. They may not remember anything else, but they will remember their, their noodles in China and then their spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, and I think it's also creating, I can imagine, just a really good anchor experience. 
so that whenever you need to talk about some of these similar patterns or similar concepts, but at a different point in history, you can always go back and say, do you remember when we did the when we did the Silk Road? And do you remember what you noticed? And yes, absolutely. And and as I said, because we live here in Asia, this is exactly right, Sarah. So just looking around, you know, we, we see different um, types of architecture here in Asia, but the students make connections. So we talked mm-hmm. about, wow, there's a lot of traditional architecture here in South Korea that looks very similar to architecture in uh-huh. Japan, and very similar to China. And so in other parts of Asia, and there are things that are different. So we have sure. these conversations about how did this happen? How is it that if someone had an architectural idea in this part of the world, how is it showing up in this part of the world? It must have been some sort of transport or exchange. And, you know, we talk about the spread of Buddhism. And so that it can conclude, include the spread of religion and ideas and, and, and goods. And so it always brings across this, it creates this rich environment where they literally can just on their way home, walking past a temple, Buddhist temple, we have many here, and they're like, oh, yeah, that is like, yes, okay, I'm seeing it now. So I think that that is also another piece of authentic learning is how do I connect it, my learning to the world in which I live and I walk through every day. So absolutely, absolutely. So what did you learn from this lesson? Uh, I learned that, um, I learned several things, but I learned that students, um, sometimes connections are evident to them. And I learned, but then I learned that sometimes if you just strategically lay things out for students and you give them the space and you step back and you give them the space to discover things, they may not discover maybe exactly everything I had in my lesson plan, but... (laughs) Right. But there are discoveries, and I can always guide them. Right, an experienced educator knows how to do that. You can guide them back to where they need to be. But I learned that sometimes the best thing for me, as an educator in the classroom, is to just step back mm. and let them let them take the lead and let them be messy. Right, be messy to learn. Right. I think I heard you say that at one point and that stuck with me. So sometimes learning is messy. It's a process. Sometimes you go forward, we go backwards. And sometimes the connections come later. It's, it's organic. So I think for me, I learned that when I planned this, I was like, okay, they're going to do this. And they're going to do this and they go to this station, this station. And it didn't quite work out that way, but that was okay. Yeah. So I learned that that's okay. So I, I learned that as educators, we should be flexible and it's okay to give up that space or to expand that space for students and mm-hmm. they'll be, they'll be all right. That's yeah. what I learned. All right. <laughs> I, and I love, I, I love the way that you talk about kind of laying it out strategically, because I think that's also a big part of being a really thoughtful teacher, right? That, and sometimes that messiness it's, it's like this controlled messiness, right? Like, you know, it's going to be messy, but underneath it, there's a lot of purpose, right? There's a lot of thought that went into all the mess. Yes, definitely. I definitely agree. Maybe a new term could be intentional messiness. Yeah, (laughs) you just coined it right now. You just coined it. (laughs) That's exactly right, right? Because you you obviously have to plan for it, right? And we know as educators, things don't always go to plan, but you still must be intentional about things that you would like the students to 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 learn and discover so absolutely sarah absolutely 
So I am really curious about how your students take this experience and this learning and then kind of like use it later. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, in particular, this lesson, for example, I think they learned about the value and importance of interconnectedness. And so obviously the whole lesson is about the interconnectedness of, you know, East and West and everything in between at that time and how it impacted societies and economies and people and so on. And so I extended that to the interconnectedness in our classroom. Right. As peers, as students. And then I widen the lens, the interconnectedness between, you know, the fifth graders and then the interconnectedness between us as a school community and us as a base. And so we just had these concentric circles coming out. Right. And so that was the connection that I wanted them to make. And I think in my thought process and my thinking, I think it's always important that I like to show students that how the past and how the interconnectedness of the past impacts the present, where we are right now, which then in turn impacts our future. So that's a mess. Yeah. So that's a message that I'm always putting out there. And this lesson, of course, you know, traveling around the Silk Road hit it home more, but I feel like that is a message that the students can take with them anywhere, particularly as these are military connected students and they're literally literally moving right 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 so to have an anchor of understanding that even though you're physically moving and you're going to a new place maybe you're going to georgia or south carolina or germany or whatever that that interconnectedness that you have that you can create with other people that could be your anchor that's something that you could take with you forever carry with you forever no matter where you go yeah i think that's something that they that they pick up on yeah and look at you doing the very thing, connecting this, <laughs> the very first thing we talked about, um, you know, the way that you have so many students who are, they move and just yeah. needing that sense of, of being connected. That's really beautiful. That's really oh, beautiful. Thank you, Sarah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share this piece of your classroom with us and to also just share all of the, all of the underneath, right? Cause it's so much more than the lesson itself it's all of the concepts and the skills and the ideas that you're that you're teaching your fifth graders no oh, thank you sarah and i i always like to tell the students that learning can take place anywhere and i ask them i'm like what's the biggest classroom that you know when they're like this one or whatever i'm like no it's earth earth mm-hmm. is the biggest most diverse wondrous engaging classroom you'll ever find yeah. and they go what <laughs> i can do i can see <laughs> so that's always fun so that's my oh. mantra the world that's, and our world is our oyster we're educators the world is our classroom it, it is yes <laughs> it is and we are so lucky that we have you in it so thank you oh, so thank much you. rachel thank you sarah thank you i appreciate it Thank you for listening to the latest series of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. Let's keep the conversation going. Please share these lessons on social media with the hashtag NTOY22. That's hashtag N-T-O-Y-2-2. You can also catch up on the last two seasons on our website at ntoy.ccsso.org. While you're there, you can also learn more about and find ways to support all of our efforts to elevate teacher voice through the National Teacher of the Year program. Until next time.